The Rams lose their Week 2 matchup to the 49ers, 30-23, to and we have everything you need to know. Big takeaways, winners and losers, and the latest on Cam Akers. That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley? And welcome to another episode of Locked On Rams, your daily podcast covering your one and one Los Angeles Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube, so be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, hit that like button, and let us know what was your biggest takeaway from the Rams' week two loss to the 49ers. My name is Doug McKay. My friends call me DMAC. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over decades, Sports Illustrated, Dodgers Nation. Now, the Rams for Locked On. And as always, I'm joined by the Rams pre-half and post-game show host for the Rams flagship radio station, ESPN 710 LA. He's in his eighth season covering the team, the people's champ, the Matthew Stafford, my Puka Nakua, Mr. Travis Rogers. You can follow him on X at Travis Rogers. And on today's show, we're breaking down the Rams week two loss of the 49ers. We got our big takeaways, winners and losers. We're going to give you the latest on Cam Akers, but first, just a reminder, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Now, Travis, before we get into the game, just want to say good teams win, great teams cover. The Rams took that field goal to cover the spread late. 49ers were seven and a half point favorites. I don't know if McVay was just trying to help Rams fans that took the points and wanted to screw over the 49ers fans. I don't know if you saw a 49er fan behind the field goal with his hands up. He probably had his kids' college funds on the game. But hey, I thought that was very interesting. What'd you make of that? I thought it was interesting as well. I'm just saying that let's just say that maybe that 49er fan with his hands up felt a certain way. I felt the opposite. I was, if he had his hands on his head, I had my hands over my head saying, there we go. That's how you do that. Um, look, there are different tiebreakers in the NFL. Sometimes it comes down to point differentials and you got to take whatever it is that you can get. And you saw something that you don't happen very often, uh, a field goal, a meaningless field. Well, maybe not meaningless, but to the outcome of the game, it certainly was meaningless, but I loved it. I loved it. I'm glad he did it. And I hope he keeps doing it. Boom, you nailed it. I mean, you still got to get the points. You give confidence to Brett Maher. But yeah, I thought it was very interesting there. But let's get into these takeaways. Now, Travis, my first big takeaway from the Rams loss over the weekend was too many crucial mistakes that cost them to win. I mean, we talked about how they had to almost pitch a perfect game. They had to execute. And you saw the mistakes. First big one to me. 17 seconds to play there. The Rams are taking that 17 to 10 lead and Kyron Williams has the TD with 145. They yep. give up that 23 yard short pass to Debo Samuels, Purdy to Jennings for 20. And then the PI call there on Darion Kendrick that set up the touchdown with time expiring. That to me was the first big bad play that kind of was the doom for the Rams. I, I thought that was the game. Quite frankly, I know that the Rams certainly had some opportunities in the second half as well. And, and, and look, 
I'm I'm really happy with where the Rams are after two weeks. I think they're in a great spot, and we'll get into that coming up in just a second. But I agree with you. I think the game turned at the end of the second quarter. When the Rams scored the touchdown to take that 17-10 to 10 lead, minute 45 left on the clock, San Francisco has no timeouts. It felt like, hey, listen, the Rams are going to have a touchdown lead at the half. They're going to get the ball to start the second half. The Niners, as good as that defense is, really had not slowed the Rams down at all through the first half. You're feeling really good about it, and the Rams just couldn't get a tackle inbounds, right? The 49ers ran a beautiful two-minute drill. Give them credit for doing what they did, but they got out of bounds. They got some big chunk plays. The Rams helped them along the way with those penalties like you talked about. When that half ended and it was 17-17, it felt like all of that unbelievable momentum that the Rams had put together there in the first half was out the window, and at best, it was a flat-footed draw in the first half, and quite frankly, it felt like the Niners kind of stole one at the end there even though the score was tied it felt like the momentum had swung back to San Francisco yeah absolutely you said it best right there just try to tackle them in bounce and you really set up nicely to at the very least prevent the touchdown and keep them to a field goal Seven yeah. ten, the Rams 20 and Darion Kendrick the instincts just were not great there wasn't playing the ball gets there too early just a lack of discipline on that play and yeah they punch it with Purdy a few seconds later to tie it, it really and, felt like you know, okay. I'll tell you what D-Mac I thought that Shanahan deserves a lot of credit for going I, I don't know if every team in the league decides to go for a touchdown right there on that last play one second left you know maybe you take the points you cut it down to four because if you get stuffed that momentum that we're talking about it's all LA at that point Shanahan goes for it he gets the touchdown and that guy knows what he's doing too Sean McVay I'm a huge fan of his but Kyle Shanahan he knows what he's doing too I thought that was a huge call on his part I agree with you there. I mean, no timeouts. And of course, the Rams are getting the ball to start the second yep. half. But yeah, it definitely hurt the momentum that they had built during that game. It was really great execution throughout the first half. And my second big takeaway is there's a number that really tells the story for the Rams in week two that to me is very troublesome. That's 55, as in 55 pass attempts from Matthew Stafford. You can't have Stafford throwing 55 times. He was 34 for 55 with a touchdown and two picks. I think we got to put those interceptions in a little bit of context, though. Now, the first 40 minutes of the game, he was fantastic. It was 22 for 26 with a touchdown. Then after the interception on a ball that went through Kyron Williams' hands, that really was the turning point. And he goes 12 yeah. for 29 the rest of the way. And like I said, we got to put these in a little context. First, talk about the Kyron Williams interceptions. Third quarter, 17 to 17, second and 16. Rams are at the 49ers, 32. Stafford goes underneath the Kyron. The ball goes through his hands. It gets deflected. It gets intercepted by Isaiah Oliver. And to me, that hurt a lot of the momentum because they were driving. They could have possibly got a field goal, possibly taken the lead. And that goes right through Kyron Williams' hands. He kind of takes his eyes off. He's already looking upfield. Yeah, look, the, the Rams never got the lead back after the, the Niners went for it at the end of the second quarter, and it felt like they were going to take the lead again on the drive that you're talking about. They were in position to kick, you know, maybe not a long field goal, but at least a, a reasonably good chance of making a field goal or better, right? You convert a first down there. Who knows what comes up after that? It was a huge mistake. You know, this, this is a league where three or four plays over the course of a three-hour game are going to determine the outcome of it. And, and we're, we've, we've talked about two of them. We're talking about the pass interference in the end zone on Darian Kendrick that puts the ball at the one-yard line. You're talking about a ball that was perfectly thrown, that was right there, that he just missed. He, he deflected it. It goes up in the air. You know, it happened to Patrick Mahomes in week one on Thursday where it goes back the other way for a pick six. It, this wasn't a pick six, but this was certainly an, a, a momentum kick. Killer. The Rams never really looked like they were 
fully engaged in the game again at that point. And, and not from an effort standpoint. That's not what I mean. I'm just saying from a chance that, hey, a player two that goes our way, we got a chance. That moment, it felt like the game kind of slipped through their fingers, literally and metaphorically. It did. And I think later in the game, you talk about the interception from Lenore. Now, on that play, it's 27 to 20. The Rams have a chance to tie it up. But that was really the moment where I feel, okay, the game was over when. That was the first big the game was over when moment for me. That set up the 49ers with a kick. They would go up 30 to 20 with 259 left to play. But on that play right there, you saw Lenore. He go, he undercuts Jefferson. He had help over the top. And that's a route by Jefferson where yeah. it really tells the story. I mean, you got to be a little more aggressive, a little more precise through routes, come back to the football, and he's just drifting upfield. I think he's a big reason why he threw that interception. I do think that that is one pass, though, that Matthew Stafford would want to have back. That probably kept him up at night, and really that was the beginning of the end. It wasn't a great throw by Matthew Stafford, but I think you're right. I think it was probably a worse route. So you put those two things together, and that's how you get in there. So look, they were killing Lenore all game long. They were going at him over and over and over again. Uh, I thought Mark Sanchez said something interesting on the broadcast that 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 route needs to be a little flatter. It needs to be a little crisper. It needs to be back towards the quarterback, and it wasn't. And it wasn't a great throw. So put those two things together and you get what you got. I I, want to go back to something you said that kind of goes together with this, with Van Jefferson in particular. They threw the ball 55 times, like you mentioned, DMAC. 20 of those targets were at Puka Nakua. So you're talking about, you know, just a little bit more than a third of the targets are going to one guy. The vast majority of that after is going to 2 2 Atwell. You can throw it 55 times if you're hitting five, six different guys and spreading the ball around the way that it was, but it wasn't. It was basically Nakua and Atwell and then a sprinkling of some other guys. I'm okay with the number. I just don't like the way that the targets were distributed. I agree 100%. You need Van to step up. We're going to talk about Van Jefferson. We've got some winners and losers and some more big takeaways. And what is the latest with Cam Akers? That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to get it right, right? You need to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Think about it. It's like like any other team, right? Your team, you need the right person in the right spot. You get it right you're off to the races. You get it wrong and you can set yourself back a little bit, right? Here's how you do it. You add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn dot com slash locked on NFL to post your job absolutely for free terms and conditions apply. Let's talk a little bit about prize picks, right? You probably had a pretty great time this weekend watching your football, right? But what if you could have even more fun? The most exciting way to play DFS, that is prize picks, right? You just pick more or less than two or six players and their stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Here's what you do. You can win up to 25 times your money this football season. You select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and you place your entry. 
entry. So do you like Justin Jefferson more or less than 100 yards? Lamar Jackson more or less than one passing touchdown? OBJ more or less than 50 yards? Josh Allen, is he going to get two or more or less? These are the picks that you make, right? Price Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Price Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value, right? Here's what you do. PrizePicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use the code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. You need to listen to that. That's important. PrizePicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use that code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. And we're off and running here on Locked On Rams. Thank you for being on Locked On Rams. Your first listen every single weekday, free and available, wherever you get your podcast, Locked On Rams. Part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And a special shout-out to our everyday listeners. We appreciate you watching every episode, listening to every episode. And you can be an everyday listener, too. Join the club. Membership is free, and you won't miss a thing about your Los Angeles Rams. Now, Travis, here in our second segment, we're going to continue to break down the Rams week two loss to the 49ers 30 to 23. Next one I got is the Rams are going to have themselves a very formidable receiving core when Cooper cup returns. You got Puka Tutu, and Cooper cup. I think Van Jefferson is going to be fun to watch on the bench for another team. <laughs> yeah, I think you might be on to something right there. That's pretty great. You caught me a little flat footed. That's, that's tremendous. I, I, it certainly feels like that's where it's headed. Um, Nakua is unreal. I mean, they, they they may have had the steal of the draft. If this guy is even half the player that we've seen through the first two weeks, they've got themselves a high-level NFL wide receiver. We know what Cooper Cup can be when he comes back and he's healthy. Tutu has blossomed into a, a, a really nice weapon for the Rams along the way. Think about what we were talking about when we found out that, that uh, Cup went down, that, well, at least Van Jefferson's been around and he's going to be a guy that can carry some of this load. He's been dreadful. He, there, there, there's been nothing redeeming about what we've seen from him. Now it is two weeks. There is a little bit of time, but, but you're right that if all of a sudden, if this looks anything, if we're high on the Kua being half of what he might be, if Van Jefferson got better by half, he's still on the bench by the time the Cooper cup comes back there. Now it's bad news for Van Jefferson, but not necessarily bad news for the Rams because they got some guys that can go get it. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, the biggest revelation, really the big story for the Rams through two weeks has to be Puka Nakua. I mean, I want to go into a time machine back in 2004 and wow. get all my Puka shells back from back in the day, right, and rock those during the show because he was fantastic. And, Travis, we were hoping that he would do a solid job filling yep. in for Cooper Cup. But after two games, he looks like a true wide receiver, too. I think there's no doubt that he's the front runner to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year, possibly make a Pro Bowl, possibly be all yep pro if he continues yep. this production and I think that Puka kind of makes up for some of those draft misses we've seen in previous years Cam Makers, Rob Burgess Logan Brusson he's been outstanding just kind of put it in perspective remember my facts of the fight 15 passes for 147 yards that's the most receptions in a single game by a rookie in NFL history and then he did so on 20 targets right 20 targets which ties Cooper Cup's career high, despite Nakua just playing in two games. First player ever with 10 catches, 100 yards in his first two career games. He had 10 catches for 119 yards in week one. 
15 catches, 147 yards, like I just said. He's the fourth player in NFL history with 100 yards in his first two two career games. And how about this one, Travis? That was a very interesting comment from Sean McVay after the game where he says he's the epitome of what we want to be as Rams. I love Puka Nakua, and I was really pleased with him today. That felt like a little shot at Cam Akers. It absolutely is. It, okay. it, and, and look, they're, they're, this is not we'll, – we'll get to Cam coming up here in a little bit. They, we're, we're done with that. But I want to go to something else that that he said in this postgame press conference about Nakua specifically, and it just kind of resonated with me in a, in a really meaningful way. He said he understands football. He just understands what it is we're doing, that he's physical, he's strong, he's tough, he's hardworking, all of these things. That's great. That's kind of the, the, the minimum bid for entry in the NFL. But he understands the game. He understands where the space is. He understands what needs to be done. He's played two NFL football games. As polished as he looks, what's he going to look like after 10 games? What's he going to look like after 20 games once we get into his career a little bit further? It is incredibly exciting to see what he's been able to bring to this team. It's incredibly exciting to see what what he does with Matthew Stafford in a relatively short period of time. But Sean McVay's offense is not easy. It is not something that you're going to pick up right away for most guys. The last guy I heard him say that about and feel that way about was Cooper Cup and that they got another one and they could put those guys together let's go yeah no absolutely i think you combine that those guys you got a veteran you got a trio right there tutu continues to emerge at 77 yards he's impressing me with his contested catches you're not just seeing the deep ball i think we need to take the top off the defense a little more that's kind of something i wanted to see against the 49ers that we really didn't see enough there was that curl route that there was a miscommunication with stafford there that really led to that field goal that could have been an easy layup touchdown but yeah pukunaku has been outstanding our everyday listeners know we talked about him quite a bit this offseason Say he's going to be the steal of the draft. I'm still completely blown away. I didn't expect this. I mean, how about this too, Travis? I looked up after the game for rookie receivers in a game for the Rams. His 147 yards is just the seventh highest total for Rams in a rookie for, for, for the franchise history. The records, Eddie Kennison, 266 yards in week 16 of 1996. So Eddie Kennison, Puka's coming for you. <laughs> yeah, Eddie Kennison's got to look, uh, grow some eyes in the back of his head. He's going to be good. You know, you hope he continues to get better. And I can't wait to see him together with Cup, where all of a sudden you have two guys. And, and I know the comparisons with Robert Woods have been all over the place because he's big, you know, he's strong, he's fast, he's a really smart player along the way. But what it does and what Woods brought to the the, the mix with Cup together they both could play all three positions. You could move them all over the field and you could scheme for try to find some favorable matchups. Right now, he's the only guy on the team that can do it. Previously, Cup was the only guy that could do it since Woods left. Now put those two guys together, the Rams and Sean McVay is great at this, exploiting matchups, taking advantage of the more favorable matchups. And you got two guys that can play all over the field, all three positions. It's a huge advantage. 100%. I'm very excited to see them back, and hopefully we get Cooper Cup back in week five because that's how it looks right now. So, yes, I want to be very optimistic about is this receiving core could be one of the better receiving cores in the league. That's how they look right now when you get back a player of Cubs caliber. Now, start with our – he's a big winner. We're going to go winners and losers, studs and duds. Our first dud is Van Jefferson. I think that was the worst game of Van Jefferson's career. He was targeted four times. He caught one pass for nine yards. He dropped a pass over the middle on on third down on Stafford's second interception. He was the receiver he was targeting. We talked about that, how he kind of drifts, doesn't come back to the ball and try to prevent that INT. 
for the year. He has five catches for 33 yards in his first two games with two drops. His longest catch, Travis, is 10 yards. That was the worst game of Van Jefferson's career. It was a bad day. You know, I, I, I would love to try to spin it. I would love to try to say, well, there was this and there was, a, it was a bad day. And I, and I think you're right. I think that the writing could be on the wall that when cup comes back, if cup comes back and he looks like himself or something like it, he's gotten lapped by some of these guys, right? Nakua has obviously established himself as a big time player on this team Two two Atwell looks good. You, I mean, I, anybody that listens to this show regularly, the everydayers are certainly going to know. I was not a huge Tutu Atwell fan. I think that he's really small. I didn't think that he brought a lot of optionality to the team. He's still small, but those options have increased. He's a, He feels like a more physical player. Even though he's a smaller guy, he seems a little bit more physically resilient when he's been able to absorb some hits. He's playing bigger than he actually is. I like him a lot. And we know that they're going to throw the ball to Higby occasionally. We know that they're going to get some looks to Ben Skoranek along the way, that they throw the ball to some guys out of the backfield. Van Jefferson's been nowhere. There's no spinning it. He's got to play better. This game coming up on Monday night against Cincinnati is a huge opportunity. Week four against Indianapolis, huge opportunity because Cup's coming back after that, like we just talked about. If he looks anything like he did in the first two weeks, he's going to have trouble getting on the field at all. He is for sure. And I think this team as a whole, we're going to do more takeaways, more winners and losers tomorrow. But coming up, we have an update on Cam Akers, who was a healthy scratch for the Rams on Sunday. We got the latest that's coming up next on Locked on Rams. All right, snap into the NFL this season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We got nearly two full weeks into the books. What are you waiting for? Because right now, new customers are going to get $200 in bonus bets. That's $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is incredible easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads. You just want to go easy, right? You know, you like this team and the points, go ahead and do that. Player props. You want to see if you're going to get a touchdown or not over 75 yards receiving or not. You can do it over under totals. You can do that. And of course, more, you can do some futures at FanDuel as well. FanDuel.com slash locked on is the place you go and kick off the NFL season in style. FanDuel.com slash locked on NFL FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. And welcome back to Locked On Rams. Thank you for being Locked On Rams, your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And other matter, if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to Locked On Rams YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Hit that like button and let us know. What do you think the Rams should do with Cam Akers? Now here, Travis, in our final segment, it's a tradition. It's an annual tradition. Cam <laughs> Akers and some drama with the Rams. Now, he was a late scratch. He was a surprise inactive on Sunday against the 49ers, getting scratched despite being healthy for week two. Per Jay Glazer, the Cam Akers was deactivated due to a coach's decision, and other teams have heard he's on the trade block. Now, in week one, Akers ended up scoring that touchdown. He did finish with just 29 yards rushing on 22 attempts. Kyron Williams is clearly the better back. I thought that he's been one of the big, bright spots for this Rams offense early on. But to me, it just feels like you got to cut bait at this point, it's done. Well, I, I want to read a tweet from Jordan Rodriguez, who covers the team from the athletic. And this is what she got out of Sean McVay towards the end of the uh, the game or after the game last night. It says Sean McVay calls making acres inactive a coach's decision, says it's, quote, 
different than what happened last year and the team's evaluating options over the next couple of days, but it won't, quote, go back and forth, right? They're done. You know, this is kind of one of these things that, you know, I had a a moment with an ex and it just, you know, we decided to, she was going to move out. And then, you know, it kind of, we decided to try one more. It was okay for a while. And then it happened again. You're like, you know what? I was right the first time. This is just not going to work out. Cam Akers has had multiple chances. It has been this same old thing over and over again where he plays pretty well and then he starts fumbling. He plays pretty well and something happens and he gets demoted, that he doesn't show up and be ready to go in week one last season against the Bills. He actually played okay against Seattle. It wasn't like he never touched the ball. He scored a touchdown in that game. And then a week later, he's being told, you know what, don't put your uniform on this is not going to be a long-term solution here. The Rams are going to ride Kyron Williams as best they can. Maybe they look into a market to see if there's some running backs. We know we've, we've talked about this. That does seem to be a position where you can find some value that's not marquee names along the way, but I'd be really surprised if we see Cam Akers ever take another snap for the Rams. Very surprised. Yeah, 100%. And during the game, the Fox Silent Reporter reported that Les Snead said that he wasn't adhering to the Rams culture. Then during the game, you saw a tweet from Cam Akers where he said he was as surprised as anyone else about. You know, isn't that the truth, though, Doug? Doug, Because, like, the guys that don't get it, aren't they always surprised when the guys that do get it say, okay, I'm done with it? Oh, what do you mean you're done? Like, what? I don't don't understand. That's the whole problem. You don't understand. Everyone else is doing what is being asked of them. They're part of the Rams culture like Les Snead is talking about that you're constantly on the wrong side you say you're surprised that's the problem right there yeah 100 it's uh like in a relationship when someone breaks up with someone they're always shocked right like you were yeah. talking about earlier now the rams those texts are going to go green when cam <laughs> tries to text the rams those texts are going to be green from here on now and i also thought it was interesting travis what kyron williams said he said me and cam we were close in his time here i'm hoping he goes somewhere that he can excel and do what he does best because cam is a great football player but even a better person so good luck to cam so i love kyron williams what the notre dame a big college, but you say right. something like that, it's O V E R. And yeah. I see people out there saying, okay, how about Cam plus a second for Jonathan Taylor? Look, his value is not going to be high. You're going to be lucky to get a seventh round pick for him at best, just because this is multiple times you've seen some issues. And we don't know what's happening behind the scenes, but we also know that Rams culture is a real thing. And I think you can give a lot of credit to Kyron Williams, to, to, to Atwell, to guys like Ben Skoranek and yeah. Puka Nakua. They've just tried to get better each and every day. And it feels like Van Jefferson is sulking a little bit. It feels like Kim Akers is sulking a little bit. And I think, too, this Ramsey, I was encouraged by the week two loss because it went toe to toe with pretty much the favorite to win the Super Bowl right now with a young and inexperienced roster. And had they not made mistakes, they could have won that game. So I still feel good after this game, but I'll feel even better when Cam Akers is gone. If he's a bad energy in that locker room, because this team, they need all the positive energy they can get. Look, we know Cam Akers value. You know, sometimes you have to speculate on, well, what do you get? You know, get a third round. Is it a sixth round? We know his value zero. They tried to trade him last year and nobody wanted him, right? This isn't a hypothetical. They tried to trade him last year and it was crickets. Okay. So whatever they do, if they get anything coming back the other way, that's probably the, you know, the, the best that you could hope for six round pick, seventh round pick, whatever. They tried to trade him a year ago and no one wanted him. This is the part that with cam Akers that just makes you go, you know, what the heck is going on here? 
dude, I, I know you think that you're being mistreated or not used properly or whatever, whatever it is that's going through your head. The league just told you we're not interested. It might be time to buy into whatever is going on with the team you're currently on and change some minds because, you know, maybe a team like Baltimore that needs a back because of, of injury will, will, will take a flyer on a guy, but the NFL has spoken. They're done. They're not interested in cam makers. Yeah, for sure. Look, the NFL, they always say you get what you deserve. It's a meritocracy league. Bro, you average 1.3 yards per carry, okay? You didn't deserve to be in there over at Kyron Williams. But, yeah, I think the silver lining in all this is we're getting an end. We're getting a result early on this season, so it won't be lingering throughout there, and they can just get back to focusing on football. But that's going to yeah. do it for this episode of Locked On Rams. We're going to be back tomorrow with more winners and losers, more big takeaways. We're going to break down the defense and tell you why you should feel good about that week two loss. That's coming. Coming up yeah. tomorrow on Locked On Rams. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. You can, of course, follow the people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers, on X at Travis Rogers. And until next time, whose house is Locked On Rams' house?